0: there is something to be said about taking chances. And moving to LA, I've learned that it's true, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. And no matter how scary it is, the only way we grow and know if something works is if we give it a chance. You do not grow by being comfortable. I say this in general, not targeted or anything. I'm just-
1: But I feel like you're speaking to me too, so continue. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Chapter 20 something with me Kylie McDonald. Happy Tuesday. I'm so happy to be back. Took last week off because I went away and I honestly missed the podcast. Like it was weird not to do it for a week. I've been doing this every week for almost a year now, which is crazy. Um so to miss one week, I felt it. I got to say I felt it. But at the same time, I had a really amazing vacation in Los Angeles with two of my friends, Allison and Katie, we had the best time, explored so much, you know, California is just so cool, because you have the beach, you have the mountains, you have the city, and we did a little bit of it all, we also went to San Diego one day, I don't know why I said it like that, like San Diego, like Lego my ego, I don't know, but um, <laughs> San Diego, i would never been there, we went to La Jolla Cove, one of the most beautiful places i've ever seen in my life oh i swear when we got there i was not feeling well and that ocean air just healed me i swear to god it happened but so beautiful there's like these sea lions that just lay out and you get to walk near them and just observe them not too close but you know i've never seen a sea lion before just chilling on a beach so that was really cool to see We saw one of my best friends from high school, Callie, who moved to San Diego. She got to show us around a little bit, got to catch up with her. Um, So that was really, really nice and also super inspiring just to see, you know, somebody that you grew up with and see the life that they've created for themselves. And I mean, we're all doing that, but you know, I think we get caught up in our day-to-day sometimes that it's cool to see like, wow, like you can do anything and look look at Callie, look at all my friends from high school, you know, it's really cool to see everyone doing their thing, so it was a really special trip, gotta say, came back on a high, (laughs) and then (laughs) it's it's all good, came back on a high, wonderful trip, um, the day after, was supposed to go out on a date, a second date, by the way, and, um, He canceled on me 15 minutes before we were supposed to meet up. So that kind of brought things down a little bit. But, um, you know, when people show their true colors, we're just going to let them. Also, Mercury is in retrograde. I don't really follow astrology, but we're going to go with that. Leave him goodbye. And then hopefully tomorrow when it ends, so I've heard, um, we're going to start fresh. So i'm not crying anymore it's fine it's fine yeah we're uh that's ending today apparently by the time you're listening to this it has already ended so shout out to that live your best life today go follow someone who is good with astrology because that is not me um but yeah (laughs) hope it's a good day for you all Today's guest is Sabrina Safran. She is a casting director right now. She's the director of casting and talent development at Hearst Magazines, working with some of the biggest brands in the world. She's 29 and the amount of experience and knowledge she has in this field and in the entertainment industry in general is so immense and she's just such a kind, warm soul. I never say that about somebody that it feels weird with those words coming out of my mouth, but I swear it's the truth with Sabrina. She is wonderful. You will love this conversation with her. You'll love listening to her and hearing her story. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Chapter 20 something pod. Rate, review, subscribe. You know the drill. Follow me, Official Kylie McDonald, and Sabrina at SABS and the City. Enjoy the episode, guys. Have a great week. Enjoy the summer weather. And I will talk to you guys next week. Much love. Bye. We just were saying, you know, we went to college together, but it's literally been years since we've actually spoken, even though we follow each other online every day, most likely. So <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. yeah. I, mean, I feel like I know all about your life just from what I've seen. Obviously, that's not always true. Like social media is a whole other realm, you know, but I've been keeping up with you. So
1: same here. And honestly, like from an outside perspective, it really seems like you are just killing it in your career you know you have your good days and bad days i'm sure but like props to you you are really killing the game in the casting world
0: oh my gosh my face is going to turn bright red kylie oh, <laughs> thank you for such sweet words i mean it really does mean a lot and i mean i could definitely say the same about you a thousand times over look at how you've evolved through the years i mean granted i'm speaking from a place of knowing you from college to now it's like i think that's a different kind of vibe you know
1: it is, yeah. Back in those days, oh my God, that's such a weird thing to say. Like back in when I was in college, but you know, like the Walker and denture cream. Stop. Don't even know. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we were just getting started and we were both, I think, very ambitious people. But there was still so much ahead. And I know I personally had no idea what was next when I graduated. I think you're probably on the same page. So, you know, it's very cool to see people that, you know, have worked really hard succeeding. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's and it's great, too. I mean, just following yourself as well as some of the other folks that we've gone to school with, people who have really been excelling in their careers it's also added inspiration on the those days that could be a little bit more difficult to open your feed and just see somebody slaying, killing it at their job. It's like, okay, like, why do I do this again? Like, it's okay. One bad day doesn't define your entire
1: career. Yes, absolutely. And obviously we live in a world where comparisons can be huge, but for me, how I've tried to put it in my mindset, in my mind, is that these people are inspiring. Like when I see a friend or a colleague succeeding, it's like, "Hey, you know what? If they could do it, I could do this too. I know where they've been and I know what they've gone through. Nothing's perfect from, you know, an insider's perspective." So it's like, "You know what? Okay, they did it, I can do it, and let's use this as inspiration to go forward."
0: Absolutely, it's fuel. I think too many people get caught, especially in their 20s, in the comparison trap. It's like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm 29 right now." So I'm kind of in my own lane in my head. I've learned just by seeing how other people react and even myself, how I used to be, you know, when I was maybe 23, 24, if I saw somebody else who was around the same age, like, oh my gosh, like, how are they already a director level or how are they already doing this or meeting these people? It's just like, that's And it's a learned thing, of course, I feel like that's naturally part of your 20s as you evolve as a person and and just maturity overall is that it's not a competition, I mean everyone's journey is different everyone's life is different and so you're not going to be in the same lane as. Somebody you might have been best friends with in college or even growing up, especially if you're in a different field, but if you're in the same field hey that's even better because that's a networking opportunity for you to help each other because that's what it's really about. It's helping each other
1: rise up versus trying to tear each other down. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. So, oh, yes. So, okay. <laughs> so you are currently the casting director at Hearst Magazines, correct?
0: Yeah. So my official, my fancy title, right? F- director of Casting and Talent Development at Hearst, but overarching, you know, title just from my whole career journey is a casting director.
1: Um, my.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, my specialties have always been in reality television, non-scripted. I have done a few campaigns where I've casted actors. Of course, you know, if there happen to be actors who fit the criteria of any particular casting I'm doing, I'm not one to turn anyone away. That's even better because they have that experience on camera as it is. But uh, typically, needle in the haystack casting, as I call it, is what I'm, I'm known for doing. And either, well, past times it was television, now I'm in digital media. But my journey has been kind of not, I'm not gonna say all over the place. It's definitely been different than what I ever would have imagined of being out of school since I kind of, casting's where I landed right now, but I've dabbled in hosting on camera and, you know, I've dabbled with entertainment writing, just behind the scenes production. So I've, you know, had my hand at all different hats. I still wear different hats, but now more so with the casting umbrella. So it's just been really interesting.
1: No, I want to get into it all. So let's go back to, you know, when you were first getting started, like when you were a kid, were you into hosting, entertainment, all that, or were you on a different track back then?
0: Kylie, you're not going to believe this, but I was the most shy kid back in the day. Really? Uh, Oh my gosh. My family does not let me live it down. They always say that I'm making up for lost time now uh, because how much much I I love people and and talking, but when I was little, I was, you know, the first person to run and hide. If a family member came to visit, I would not come out from under the bed under my grandma's sewing machine until they left, or I'd wave goodbye. Like, oh my God. Um, but now I, I think looking back, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, I, I I had the daydreams like a lot of little kids in school, right? That's always one of the default projects in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Like write a little essay about what it is you want to do. Draw a picture of it. Where do you see yourself? That's such a tough question for a small child to answer, but I think what's beautiful when you're in that stage of life as a child is that your imagination just completely runs wild. There's really nobody getting in your ear, getting in your head, where when you're older, that's an added layer, an added challenge that you have to face as you continue on and trying to figure out who you are, what you want, where you wanna be. So yeah, I I didn't expect to be in casting specifically. I think going into high school, I really started to get engulfed in entertainment news. I really initially wanted to be an on-camera host. I wanted to do the whole Juliana Rancic, Jason Kennedy type thing, anchoring entertainment stories, covering carpets. You know, and eventually I'd go on to do that at least the carpet part of it all for a web platform, but Yeah. I I think as a kid, I didn't really know what I wanted. I just was trying to figure out who I was and make friends because who doesn't like friends?
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course. I'm interested. Are you an only child? Do you have siblings? I was raised an only child. I, my family is the definition
0: of it takes a village, right? Mm. So that, that saying, I believe to be so true, it takes a village. Um, I love both of my parents so much. i am close with both of them. However, they're divorced. They were divorced since I was very young, you know, but while I would have a relationship with my dad, I would, you know, I was living with my mom primarily. My aunt and uncle were up the street. My grandma around the corner. So everybody kind of collectively um, raised me and, and, and nobody really stopped me from exploring my imagination. You know, they really let me have a childhood that I I look back on and smile about. I, I feel very fortunate to have the family I have who let me explore all around, who supported me exploring the person I was, what I wanted, my dreams, my aspirations. I'm just, even to this day, I think about it all the time. And I'm so fortunate for that.
1: How beautiful is that? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I just, I asked that question just because I was wondering, you know, I was the oldest in my family, the oldest of four kids. So I felt like Everything I went through, I was a little more timid because I had nobody to look up to, nobody who had gone through it before me. And so I would think being the only child is something kind of similar. Yeah, I was, on the other hand, like very shy, I would say as well, you know, for that reason.
0: Yeah, I I think there were moments, and that makes total sense. I I think there were moments, you know, where I was more timid than others and being vocal as I got older and as I became more comfortable with the person I, I was becoming, then I started to kind of speak up and let myself get lost and explore my imagination further. Everybody in my family collectively has been so supportive of me, very blessed, very thankful. My mom, especially, she's been such a rock. She's been through, you know, a lot of different things in her life and having that role model, specifically having a really strong female, not just her, my grandma, my aunt, you know, and my dad and my uncle, you know, no disregard to them because of course they've shaped me as well, but having really strong female role models, that was the catalyst for me to really pursue my dreams and and not give up on myself because if they can make lives for themselves and granted, my both my parents, by the way, are immigrants from their respective countries. My father's Palestinian, he came from Palestine. My mom's Italian, came from Italy. So I'm first generation born here. I also think that hustle, that drive, that story is what adds
1: to that for me. Absolutely, yeah, family is amazing and obviously it, it creates who we are So I'm always interested to hear where people come from and, you know, what makes them who they are now, you know? So- Likewise for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, okay. So you were very interested in entertainment news and all that. Love it. I love it too. So you ended up going to Rider. What was your major when you entered?
0: So I was, this is how old I'm aging myself in the standards of Rider University now. When I enrolled in the fall of 2010, Um, It was just radio and television as a major, but by the time I was a senior, they had revamped, at least in the communications department, they had added a few courses, majors, and my major ultimately changed on paper to digital media with concentrations in television, film, and radio. So go hand in hand. Mine was a little bit more, I think there was
1: more overarching work covered under it. So, Yeah, very cool. That was my minor. So we were (laughs) acting. Oh my
0: God. That's right. Yes. I remember.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think I wanted the digital media minor just because I don't know, I think on one hand it was kind of like my safe route, quote unquote, but I think looking back, I'm so happy I did it because just to get that not only radio TV film education, but also behind the scenes is such, I think has become such an added bonus in my career. And I would recommend to anybody, you know if you want to go for acting do it get that behind the scenes training as well i think it's so important
0: it is so important because think about it as well with acting I, in high school i loved theater so i did a lot of theater stuff and i literally so much respect and props to you there because i think there are a lot of skills with acting that carry over into real life and i'm not just saying this as a casting director i mean Look at people, I don't know, on in sales marketing, they present all the time, they pitch all the time to be yeah. able to get up in front of a group of people and recite in in some cases their version of a monologue, their pitch while also having to improvise and ad lib. People don't realize how many different fields tend to overlap and how they can be beneficial.
1: God, it's so important. You know, public speaking like you just said plays into pretty much virtually every career. So, I'm very thankful for my education in those realms for sure. Um, I'm interested. You know, if you were focused on becoming an entertainment host at that point, would you say that was correct?
0: Yeah, I, okay. I would say entertainment. I think in general, at first, it was like I just want to be on TV, you know, and, and covering events and whatever, living the the life, living the life. Uh, <laughs> but I genuinely
1: did start to become really engaged in entertainment as time went on. Very cool. Very cool. So. During your college years, um, was there anything outside of the classroom that you were doing to achieve these goals and help push yourself forward?
0: Yeah, and I think, come to think of it, it's technically, it's related to the classroom, but it's still outside of the classroom. Anything I could do to get real-world experience, I think I was so big on networking back in the day through college. I'm sure you remember um, in the comm department, there was the National um, Broadcasting Society And they Mm -hmm. offered so many different opportunities. As soon as I was a freshman, I was involved in that. I got to go to Los Angeles through them, you know, and of course, to the conventions here in New York. But that really opened the door for me for how important networking really is. And a lot of it really is who you know or who you can get to know. That's my added layer because you're not always going to know people. You have to put yourself out there. So it's not just who you know, it's also who you get to know. So in my free time, aside from doing my extracurriculars, like dancing, spending time with family, going on joyrides, because why not? Um, Snapchat, <laughs> like how TikTok is now. Uh, I was always on Twitter, you know, reaching out to people, making connections. Um, and that's actually how I landed my first internship, which is the second thing that I was doing outside of school, but in school, trying to get as much of a real world experience as possible. So. I had two internships while I was in college. Um, My junior year, I interned at MTV, and I got that through Twitter because of somebody who used to go to Rider, who worked there at the time, who connected me to this person and said person, and one thing led to another. And then Logo TV, my senior year, which is a sister network of MTV, both owned by Viacom, I was there as a result of that as well. So it's it's just amazing how everything is just a trickle
1: effect. Shut up. Yeah, that's so cool. And I think it's a recurring theme with everybody I've interviewed is you get something when you put yourself out there and just take a chance. You know, it's Twitter. You could go on your phone and reach anybody right now, you know, but it's led to the beginning of your whole career. And that's incredible. And Isn't it yeah, crazy I think, to think about that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know like my job I have now, I found it on indeed.com, you know, and it's just the internet is such a great resource that we have to connect with so many people around us. And that seems like a simple thing, but it can change your life. If you really take the time to just put yourself out there, it's simple as that.
0: Yeah. And and just, yeah, connect with yeah. people, even if they can't directly help you, chances are if they're in the industry, they know somebody who will know somebody, or maybe they just, you'll stop right there on the chain. You don't have to go through a chain of command. But the point is, it's like, even if one person doesn't have the answer, they probably know someone who does.
1: Exactly. Yep. It's a, it's a small industry entertainment too. So, you know, everybody's oh, connected boy. somehow. Sure <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> And it doesn't matter if you're in New York, LA, now Atlanta and Miami have become really huge hubs in the United States for that as well. Everybody knows everybody. And it's, it's really a small world.
1: Yeah. Be nice to people. Karma, karma.
0: Exactly.
1: Exactly. Okay. So after college, you ended up moving to LA pretty quickly, okay. right?
0: Yeah, um, it's interesting how I got to LA. So I think by the time I was going into my senior year, I knew I wanted to go to Los Angeles. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew that no matter what, like I was driven and focused to get there, especially for hosting. You know, I had people in my ear at these conventions, you know, even some of our professors or just some of their colleagues being like, if you want to get into hosting, like you got to start in LA, you got to get to LA. Um, From there, the world is your oyster okay fine here i am so you know mentally preparing myself senior year graduation comes everything's great and this is where i first learned firsthand about the comparison trap and how much it really messes with your psyche because at just 22 years old a fresh 22 out of college I'm over here like watching one by one as each of my friends started getting their jobs. I was so happy for them, genuinely. I've yes. always been a cheerleader for my friends or even just people who I know through social media, like anybody doing good things, like you go, slay, kill it. There's not enough people cheering other people on. So I like to be that person um, yep. and from a genuine place, right? So. at the same time i was kind of starting to have like i guess what the equivalent of a post-grad midlife crisis was where i was just sitting in front of my laptop all day applying for jobs in new york even applying for jobs in la and kind of just swirling spinning and this went on for maybe like four months i had a couple of interviews with a couple of other viacom networks i was so close to getting the job they ended up hiring internally But looking back, it was such a blessing because those were in New York and I would have stayed in New York and always been wondering, what if, what if, which I think is one of the worst things as a human for us to try and accept and let go of if we don't have a choice. So it didn't work out. I was at the point where I was just like, you know what? I'm young. I worked in college. I worked my butt off. I had a little money saved. I had just enough to get by in LA for a few months on my own. And I said to myself, I'm just gonna go. This was maybe August of 2014. I graduated in May of 2014. By August, I was like at my wits end. I was like, you know what? Like I'm going no matter what happens. During that time, I had applied in the midst of applying to jobs in LA, what I started to do with the month prior, which I don't ever recommend full-blown lying or fabricating on your resume, but You know the saying fake it till you make it right yes i learned the extent of what that meant at the time because i realized after filling out applications left and right whether it was for freelance gigs for full-time corporate america that what i was doing for los angeles jobs was not working and this was at a time again aging myself where people put addresses on resumes maybe you still do i stopped doing that a long time ago personally But, uh, you know, I was doing it at the time. And so my mom's friend at the time had a building that she owned in Los Angeles. I tried to get an apartment there, but she didn't have any vacancies. But she's like, just put like my address. So I did. I put for the freelance jobs, at least where there were no strings attached in initial applications. I just noted that address and sent it off. And in my head, I was like, well, you know what? I'm probably not going to hear back anyway, like until I get there, whatever. So I just and ironically enough, that's, of course, course when the wheels get in motion is when you just stop caring and you just start doing so right by august i was at my wit's end i was like i'm leaving i'm gonna just go and two days before i left in september i i started um my road trip out there six days with my mom on the road with my car two days before i was supposed to leave i get a phone call from this woman at a casting agency and she said hey she's like you know, we're staffing up for a few upcoming television shows that are in development or that are going to air, what have you. Um, when is your availability for the next like couple of weeks? So I was like, holy crap, somebody in LA called me like, and I looked at the resume later on and I realized that was one of the places I actually put like an address. And I had a feeling at the time on the phone, but I couldn't confirm. So to be safe, I came clean. I said, listen, and I said, I will be in Los Angeles midweek next week. I'm leaving from New Jersey to move there in two days. I don't know how quickly you wanna fill this position or if you'll still be interviewing, but if you're able to accommodate the fact that I'm moving there, I would love to come and see you. Like, I don't care. Like my last day, I will drive straight to you." And she was like, oh, it's totally fine. The show starts in like three weeks. Like, call me when you get here. Okay. So I hung up the phone. I was so excited. But then this feeling of like sheer terror came over me. I was like, oh my God, first of all, this is real. Second of all, what if she was just like kind of gassing me up because she sounded like a really nice lady, you know, and and she's just didn't want to hurt my feelings. All right, whatever. So I literally, you know, I went did the road trip and I called and it went straight to voicemail. I was like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) I'm never going to hear from this woman again and I need a job. She called me back the next day, got an interview, the rest is history. And two weeks later, I began my career freelance casting reality TV shows in Los Angeles and, and befriended this woman and all of the other wonderful people I met. Shout out to Popular Productions, Durano Fear Casting, and my former boss, Durano Fear. That's where I started my career in casting. And it was a complete accident because I was applying to all kinds of jobs. I never even gave casting a thought in college, so much as leading up until that point. Um, Yeah, and then a few months after that, I connected with somebody who I met on Twitter, who ran an entertainment company that he was launching, and I started covering red carpet events, you know, on the side, wasn't paying my bills, but casting was what kept me afloat. And that's, yeah, that's a start.
1: Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay, there's like so much to get into. First of all, I mean, (laughs) not to get all like woozy over here, but like, the fact that you just decided you're like, okay, I'm going to move to LA, I'm going to figure it out. I don't know what I'm doing. And then everything came to you, you know, it's like the universe was like, all right, she's doing this, let's give her the answers, you know, like, seriously, that's what it feels like to me, you know, because you just decided I'm going to find my way, I'm going to make it happen. And you did second of all. I tried. I was, I was trying. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, you have to. And I think moving to LA, I haven't done it. It's something that I've wanted to do for a while. But it's something that definitely scares me because I don't have a ton of connections out there. I don't know what exactly I would do. But stories like yours inspire me because you know, you figured it out. And then you just got started and have created such an amazing career for yourself. I like the little tip about the resume thing, I have to say. I, no, remember I don't encourage, okay, okay disclaimer I do not encourage
0: full-blown like lying about job titles day-to-day responsibilities that no. I figured it was a freelance <laughs> I was fed up I was like I'm not gonna hear from these people ever again anyway so let me just at that point I was just like spitballing resumes here Los Angeles here New York here corporate here freelance like I had just been at my wits end um wow. <laughs> so yeah I mean Use your best judgment. I'm not encouraging nor, you know, dissuading by any means, but there is something to be said about taking chances. And moving to LA, prime example, especially in your case as well, where now you've started accelerating with your on camera career here. I've learned that it's true. The bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. And no matter how scary it is, the only way we grow and know if something works is if we give it a chance. You do not grow by being comfortable. And I say this in general, not targeted or anything. No, I'm just
1: but I feel I both, like you're speaking to me too, so I'm continue. <laughs> continue.
0: <laughs> I'm speaking to everybody. Um without discomfort, there's no way to know how far you can push yourself. I mean, I was terrified and granted, I'm sure, you know, we'll we'll get to that eventually in the podcast. I I did ended up doing two cross country moves without a job. One to LA and one when I came back to the East Coast. So You just got to take some chances within reason and use your best judgment. But if your gut is telling you something, even if your brain is fighting it, like there's something to be said about that. You know, it's kind of difficult because I want to sit here and be like, just drop everything and go. Yes. Right. You should consider that, but you also with what works best for you. I didn't really know anybody out there either. I had no connections out there at that time. All my family, everything I've ever known and loved was on the East Coast between New York and New Jersey. And, you know, for me to go out there, even though, yeah, I had been on business trips there. I took a hosting boot camp out there one one summer before I decided to take the plunge and move you know, and I was familiar with the the territory. I'd never driven out there, which by the way, people think driving in New York is scary. If you can survive LA, you can drive anywhere. Plus that traffic will test your patience and make you see the color red. I'm telling you. this is no <laughs> joke. So yeah, but that's beside the point. I think there's something to be said in taking a chance on yourself, because if you don't, then nobody
1: else will want to or will. Yeah. Amen to that. Seriously. Beautifully said again, but it's true. And that's, you know, what this podcast is about is telling people's stories when they have taken chances and created something out of it so ooh, good for you girl good for you so let's see uh let's get into a little bit of your hosting stuff first and then we'll really dive into the casting so you started doing some on camera hosting you said for a web platform this is something you've always wanted to do now you start actually living it and knowing the realities of it what was that like
0: Oh my gosh, can I tell you, I was just thrown straight headfirst to the wolves and people are like, well, what could I do to prepare? I mean, yes, there are hosting coaches, acting coaches. I mean, really a hosting coach, if you want hosting as your niche is is the best, just because they know the industry a little bit better. But anybody that can help you with public speaking period and having an on-camera presence. Great. I literally, this person I connected with on Twitter, I actually had met someone at an NBS convention that I had mentioned earlier. Who had an internship in los angeles and did hosting for this platform on the side so that's where i learned about it and i reached out to her she connected me to him through twitter the rest is history okay. i'm telling you twitter is where it's at yeah um so, so yeah. So then you know i, I went to uh, i remember i think his office was in downtown los angeles the man who owns the company it's called EntScoop. scoop shout out to henry hi henry yeah and i just was so hungry to get started i was just doing this for experience um i know that they at the time had been accelerating with news content they had a website so it was very much like entertainment journalist heavy so like i was also on the side like just to have a little rolodex i was writing like entertainment news stories it eventually turned into that great um but then also going to events yeah so I remember my first carpet was an MLB charity event, Uh, MLB all-star Eddie Bardotto. He hosted it and all like the Dodgers players past and current were there. And keep in mind, I like sports, but baseball, I don't really follow that heavily. So I'm like, holy crap, like what am I supposed to talk to these people about? So it was literally a charity event. And I remember I just had my mic and I started spitballing questions and my boss at the time was standing right there and it was just The scariest experience of my life, even though it was just going, like, I shouldn't say just going on the website, like this wasn't like live, it was pre-recorded, it would be edited, it wasn't on national television, this is just me at 22 getting my feet wet. But that opened the door for more opportunities with this outlet, and I would go on during my three-year run in Los Angeles to do uh, coverage of events, like on and off on the side, like I said, casting, even though I was freelancing, primarily with the same company, a couple of different companies in between that. You know, I I had to do what I had to do to pay my bills. So it was kind of cool because during the day I'd go to work and then at night, like while I was doing the hosting stuff out there, you know, I'd go to a carpet, whether that was a movie premiere, a gifting suite, you name it, like any kind of event that was there that was local. It was, it was really cool. I got to, to interview local artists all the way from local artists to like celebrities.
1: And it was great. It was a great getting my feet wet experience while I was there. Is it because I hear a lot of people talk about being on a red carpet and how hard it actually is. What did you do to really make yourself stand out to these people if there's a way or were you just in the thick of it, you know, just trying your best?
0: Yeah, that's really what it is. No matter how experienced you are, unless you work for an outlet that's like E! News or or like Entertainment Tonight where they get first licks of any celebrity walking the carpet. If you're like a smaller media outlet you literally i'll paint the scene and i'm not trying to like not make it sound like fun because it's really they're really cool experiences especially once you get those interviews it's like you get this adrenaline this high of feeling really great and you see the tape and you have a reel it's like really cool but leading up to that it definitely is a lot of work it's not you know like anyone hands you cue cards and questions and half the time i'll say this okay so to start with carpets right about 99.9% of the time that you show up normally the PR people that run the event they'll send out to the media outlets like a few days before a tentative roster of the attendees so you can look at the celebrities if they're working on anything 99.9% of the time half of those people don't show up and like i'd say like a truckload of people that either you don't know or people you do know but you're like oh my god i didn't know they were going to be here show up yeah, and you've mm-hmm. got to talk to them and you got to put on a face. <laughs> you got to have something to say besides who are you wearing? Which I hate that question with a passion because it is so stale.
1: But I anyway, agree.
0: yeah, yeah it, it's just like, who cares? You know, like I could sit here and
1: just be like, okay, Michael Kors. Great. You know? Yeah. who? Okay. Um, End of conversation. End of conversation. So. <laughs> now what I, did you meet Michael
0: Kors? Like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like what happened next? Um, But anyway, so yeah, so that happens. And then when you're a smaller media outlet, you literally have this much space. And most of us have a photog with us. So think about putting two people in literally like what feels like a square foot of space. You're having to share interview questions with sometimes the people next to you, if the celebrities don't wanna talk to everyone, if the PR people are timing their walks across the carpet. And if you're seeing people you don't know, you gotta think of stuff on the fly. So something that I used to to kind of do is like a tip that I learned from some of my other hosting friends at the time who were more experienced who kind of were mentoring me in a sense to just not just look up the celebrities on the PR press sheet, but to also look up some trending news stories going on, whether it was about other celebrities or just world news in general that was happening and relevant and ask questions geared towards that. Even if you only have time for one question, if like, I don't know, Chrissy Teigen's walking across the carpet I can't think of anything on the fly to say about her, which I don't know why I, I wouldn't. I feel like there's so much to say about her. But you know, I could ask her about her dear friend Kim Kardashian and her new fashion line if she's gotten any swag or like, you know, try it and, and kind of mold it that way, then that's something I would try and do to kind of combat that <gasps> and jitters. I didn't know we were gonna be here, phobia. Yeah, there there are little workarounds to certain things. But yeah, it's just it's a lot of hard work. People think it's a lot of standing around looking pretty taking pictures for the gram. Yeah, okay, that's like, maybe a quarter of it. But Mm -hmm. a lot of it is the prep work before anticipating or expecting the unexpected and preparing for what you are being sent, even though most of the time, those people don't end up showing up anyway.
1: Interesting. I really do like that tip, though. And I think that's also great. Because If it's a relevant question, a relevant topic, you're more likely to get a news story out of that too. You're more likely to get a headline, I would think. So nice tip right there. I used to do it all the time. I like it. All right. So you get to live your dream. You're hosting red carpets, doing what you've always wanted to do. And then you're also in this casting position, which is something you said you never expected to do, but I would assume that you ended up loving it. So what initially did you love about your first casting position?
0: Wow. Well, I got to say, my my first casting position, I think, truthfully, the best part while I was in Los Angeles, and I, I mean, I could say this now as well, but I'm comparing the different cities because one, they're different cities, and two, LA for me was all freelance, New York has been corporate America. Type vibes. Mm -hmm. Well, I was in Los Angeles freelancing. I think even from the first project all the way up till the very end, the people I've met along the way, whether they were people who have mentored me, who've hired and mentored me, people I've worked alongside, who I've learned so much from, that's the best part of my job. Not to mention when you work so hard, because casting people, I feel like a lot of times, and I'm not just saying this about myself, I say this about all of my colleagues and all of the people I know in casting and what that entails, like, we are one of the, I'm not gonna say the, but we are one of the unsung heroes in making this production happen. Without us, there's no cast, there's nothing to film, nothing to, no storyline, nothing. So I think with that, just seeing all the blood, sweat, and tears come to fruition, especially when the projects you worked on ended up airing on television, because sometimes I would work on things in development that didn't make the air, happens all the time. Okay. Um, But for the ones that did, or even just knowing that network executives who were like all the way at the top, who had all the money and all the power to call the shots, liked somebody I found and loved what I was doing. That was really fulfilling for me. Like going through the constant cycle of, okay, like here's a new project, let's tackle it to that midway project fatigue. We're like, oh my gosh, like, uh, I don't know what I'm, you know, what I'm going to do next or like how I'm going to tackle this next on the harder ones at least. And then by the end of it, it all works itself out regardless and it's fine. And yeah, I I think that's my favorite part is the people I've met and just also the reward that comes with all that hard work.
1: Absolutely. And you said that your focus was mostly reality TV. I mean, first of all, you get to meet so many interesting people, absolutely, from reality, I would assume. So you must have like some fun, stories some fun characters that you've come across are there any that really stand out to you i mean truthfully there are but i don't think it's appropriate as far as like (laughs) because a lot of you oh my
0: god (laughs) the only reason i say that is because a lot of the the shows where i've really seen some craziness is whenever i've worked on a dating show and of course those interviews skew on a more sexual side as far as you know they're Mm -hmm. talking about their type how many people that you know they've like all the questions that are completely unfiltered I always say to people if you want to be on reality tv you have to be an open book like there's no hiding anything about yourself you know no hiding any family drama one night stands like you name it like you gotta just be out there so I mean I would disclose truthfully I'll probably end up blushing but I mean I haven't ironically enough, I've auditioned hundreds of people between casting for reality and then casting now for digital and and overseeing all of that. But I mean, besides like your typical, sometimes like people just miss the mark as far as what kind of audition it is, or somebody's really great when you see them on Instagram stories, but then they fall completely flat on their face. Like, I think what's amazing to me is when I talk to people, whether on the phone, or I see them on Instagram on their own platform, and then they come in front of me, you know right now have a ring light here but like in front of a camera with the same kind of setup and it's just us and they just completely forget their name, you know, where they're from, all that stuff.
1: I know it is it's crazy. And like from my perspective as like an actor and somebody who's been on so many auditions, like it is a terrifying experience, but you do have to get to that point where it's just like, you know what? Like you're you're a person. I'm a person. We're just gonna sit here, do this job that we have to do. And then You know, just hope it goes well. That's really, you have to get that through your brain. Yeah. Yeah, And no matter
0: what, like, like that's the thing with with people who come to auditions. I say the same thing. I'm like, you're a person. I'm a person. I think when I audition talent, I tend, you know, I don't lose my patience very often, if at all. I think there are some people in casting who have a little less patience. They're a little older. They're kind of like, all right, thank you. Next. Like you're what people would imagine an audition to be where it's like this big table and maybe like anywhere from three to 10 people in the room looking you up and down and, and eating like smelly tuna fish. I don't know, I just made that part yeah, up. Yeah, no, but it, it's
1: happened, it's happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, a narrative. I mean, granted that's more so unscripted, but even in unscripted castings, like you're being judged and examined and that's such an intimidating experience as a human being because let's be real in casting, some of the job is very shallow. It's a, you know, you're, you're judging not just appearance, but how somebody sounds, if they can carry a show, whatever. But then on the flip side to the people who fall fallen flat, for me, I feel like there've also been people who have been kind of like those needle in the haystacks where it's like, you seem interesting. And then I get them in front of my camera and they literally just start talking about their life and sharing all these crazy things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where have you been hiding? Like, yes, I can build a whole show around you or we can, okay, in my case yeah. now, a video series around you.
1: Ah, oh, so cool, so cool. And you know what, like you were saying, it is so specific. So, I mean, I can't even imagine the amount of people, you know, you see in a day or if it's online, like you're going through hundreds of people, I would assume. And, you know, it does have to do with look. Sometimes it has to do with personality. Like, what do you look for? Like, do you just get a feeling like, okay, this person is it and this is why? Or, you know, are you just searching for certain things? You know, how do you find that special someone?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So, If I did solely scripted casting, I think I'd be able to give a more straightforward answer. I think because I do like reality, that is unlimited. I've had to cast in the past, like I've cast everything from fitness shows, casting seasoned trainers to help people lose weight to, I remember for a network one time, they wanted people who stumbled upon sudden windfalls and fell into money, but not like you know, somebody died in their family and left them an inheritance like no, like buried treasure and like lotto tickets that they found in the garbage like I'm exact you think I'm exaggerating but literally true like some of these things are so difficult so I'm not always auditioning, ironically enough. Like, there are days depending on what it is I'm casting, um, especially in digital media where now I'm kind of juggling multiple projects at a time versus before when I would do one project at a time, sometimes too, but not really. Just because with media, there's shorter form videos and television, of course, um, shorter turnaround times, shorter lifts, like everything like that. So, there are differences between the casting I do now and the casting I did before. I think in TV, there's just way more steps, you know, naturally. Yeah. Just a bigger scale. But I think it just really depends as far as how to find the person. I think as a casting professional, I always say we wear multiple hats. We are detectives because I'm literally sliding in people's DMs on social media. They're so shocked. Like, how did you find me? Geotags, hashtags. I mean, casting people are looking at that stuff. you know. And I'll slide and they're like, how did you find my Instagram? I'm like, I got my ways. Uh yeah I love it. <laughs> Facebook groups like if I needed to cast like moms in Brooklyn who are loudmouth, I would go to every Bensonhurst, Bay Ridge Facebook group and start sharing and posting. Um, Digging now through TikTok, because if you want an up-and-coming creator, there you go. You know, even Twitter has like some really weird things, people talk about weird things on Twitter, Reddit threads, I mean, you name it, like digging, so detective work there. I say we are marketing and sales because we have to come up with pitches to not just the people on our teams internally, but the people that we're going to send this stuff to for review. So you have to really sell someone, you know, we archetype people as well. In the casting process to really show the diversity, not just with how they look as is or their personalities as is, but okay, what can they bring to the table of a cast? Because we also try and diversify by like archetype. Like, so maybe somebody we cast is like, okay, if it's a big cast, like there's a class clown in the mix or somebody who fits the mold of the goody two shoes. And we never try, like, in reality, to like how people cast actors to act those parts out. Yes, there is some producing involved in bringing out the best sides of people. But you know, with, with archetypes, we just try and see who naturally fits that mold, because there are people out there who fit. So yeah, marketing, sales. I also say that we are therapists. I listen to so many people's problems working on relationship and dating shows in the past, or in videos. Um, what else? And magicians, because people expect us to make miracles happen with no time. And it's just, it's its so funny. And somehow we manage, somehow it happens. I don't know how it happens, but somehow, some way on the, at least the harder projects, we make it work. Oh, and, and lawyers and accounting from time to time with contracts, release forms, all that stuff.
1: So. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so much, yeah. obviously, but it is so interesting. And it's, as tough as I'm sure it is on some days, not one day is the same for you. And you're getting to experience all these different stories, all these different people, and then create something out of what you find and something that people are going to be entertained by or learn from. And it's really, it's really really cool what you do. And, you know, it's like, you know, of course. And media and television, film, digital platforms now, they obviously have such a huge role in our society and what we learn from and how we view the world. And, you know, I think especially in the past few years, people have been going to these different platforms to get their information, obviously, sometimes in a political sense, but other times just in entertainment, they're still learning from it. Do you feel like any responsibility when you are putting something out there? Do you think, all right, is this something that the world needs right now? Is this the type of person that we need as a role model out there? You know, I know you work on such a broad amount of projects, so the answer might not be as straightforward as well, but what what do you think on that?
0: I love that question. How could I overlook this part of the job Um, prior when you asked me like what I love about it? It's sharing people's stories. I mean, being in the reality non-scripted side primarily, again, now that I'm in digital at times for campaigns, I cast actors, et cetera, which is great. But on the non-scripted side, really showcasing incredible people, whether they have some weird talent that they can do that the world should see or activists in the past for like other digital videos I did when I was um, at BuzzFeed. Before I was at Hearst, I was at BuzzFeed when I moved back from LA uh, for a couple of years there. There were videos I've had to cast like teen activists or people, you know, making differences. I cast all sorts of things, all sorts of, like you said, weird, like crazy hidden talents to one time I cast a former bully and their former victim to sit down 15 years later where the bully apologized, like, wow, really niche things that you just don't think about that are actually a thing to make great content. So I think for me, yes, I think depending on the ask, my priority is to always make sure the person is authentic, whether it's for just sole entertainment value, Or if it's a really deep story, because I've had my fair share of both where it's just like a fun video where like, I don't know, like moms try each other's cherry pie and rate them on a scale of one to 10 versus something like the bullying video I did or versus something like a weight loss journey I've cast for in the past for reality TV, for example, of those projects that I did in the past. So yeah, I I think it's just like you said, there's really no straightforward answer. But I think any person that I like to pitch, I want to be behind, even Mm -hmm. if- the powers that be, if you will, don't end up going for them or choose somebody else. I always take pride in the quality of people I find for projects. I don't like to put anybody who I don't think is a good fit for this particular thing, or maybe just doesn't make sense at the time. And also, especially in the day and age we live in, just making sure that you know they're aligned, at least in the corporate world with the companies like morals and standards, like that's also very important to me just on a personal level. So
1: yeah, I I really respect that. And I appreciate that answer. Yeah, I think authenticity is really what sells as much as there's so much in today's world that seems to be fake. And on social media, especially, you know, we see all the edited, content and all that but I really think at the end of the day people appreciate somebody who's authentic and it seems like those are the type of people that you try to find as well and those stories like I love that bullying one like that is something I would click on because I think I would cry watching it so you know what (laughs) like I want to see that
0: Girl. It's on uh, it's on BuzzFeed Video's YouTube channel. That was, I think it was published at the top of 2018. That was literally the first video I did when I got there. So it was it was a way to start because it was quite the challenge, at least I thought. But somehow, I don't even remember how I found the duo, but I found them somehow and, and here they are. So it's, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of casting people think you're just sitting there and you're like, it's kind of like if you're on a dating app, right? And you're just like, yes, no, yes, no, like... Thank you, next, whatever you know. That's what people have told me they thought it was. They're like, Sabrina, isn't it just like a dating app where you're like looking at people and you're like, swipe left, swipe right? Not in the least bit, at least not in reality. I wish I could just look at people's headshots and just decide then and there if I want to bring them in for an audition or a callback. I wish some cases, yes, but that's rare. For anybody on the non-scripted side, it's so much more than that. It's investigating, phone screens, getting them on Skype or in person for an audition, depending on the format of what you're casting, you know, writing up like little blurbs about them to pitch with. It's it's a whole process.
1: And we really, as casting people, get invested in the talent we find as a result of that too. And I'm happy that you said that because I think, especially as an actor, like, you hear about the headshot stories where it's like, oh, you're going to get this job based on this one picture of you. And I hate that as an actor. You know, yeah. I think it's so impersonal and it doesn't show anything that I could do. And I know probably on the scripted side, like that does still happen, but I'm hoping that there are a bunch of people like you out there who actually invest in the talent and see what they could do and create something out of that because that's where you're going to find the people who really can do the job well.
0: No, I, I'm with you there. And I mean, I just... I think on a human level as well. I think, okay, I'm not gonna speak for all casting directors because, like everything else, there are some casting directors, they're so seasoned in what they do. And it's like, okay, that's how they operate. Everyone has their process, no matter who took them under their wing or whatever, everyone has their method of doing things. I think in cases where I have casted, scripted, yeah, if there are specific requirements, like I don't know if they're casting uh, a male uh actor who has an athletic shape to play a basketball player, then yes, like we're going to look at those types of people um initially for a campaign where it's like, we need somebody who plays basketball, fine. But if it's just like general actors, if I see that there are skill sets listed on their resume that overlap with what it is that we need and what we're looking for, then absolutely, like, why not at least even if you don't have the bandwidth, like sometimes I get so busy with anything scripted or like lower lift videos where I can send like pre-recorded stuff for the actors to do. Like I send self tapes out in that case, especially in digital where there's such a high volume of projects I'm working on at once. You know, sometimes like for projects where I can, I'll create a self tape format, send that out, see how that comes back, and then from there go off of that. So, oh, amazing. That's a way to do it.
1: <laughs> also, yeah, absolutely as you mentioned before, you ended up working at BuzzFeed and now you're at Hearst, you're experiencing all these different sides and all these different projects as you're growing in the field. I'm sure you're realizing what you like and what works for you as well.
0: Yeah. And and I mean, it's, it's been such a wild ride. I've learned so much so far. I, I still kind of am, you know, there are days where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I remember being 22. Like, where's the time gone? Like, now I've been in this business like almost seven years, and it's just like been out of school for that long. I'm like,
1: uh, oh, don't even worry. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Jason's overwhelming, but yeah, I did. I ended up at BuzzFeed. Um, By the time I was 25, I really started to think about because I was in LA still at that point. I was really starting to think about where I wanted to plant roots. And ironically enough, while I was freelancing, I wasn't always in LA. While living in LA. I would say for the last year and a half I lived there, I started traveling for work. So my boss at the primary casting company where I got my start, who, you know, he hired me the most of all of the ones I worked for freelance. He started sending me on the road. You know, I was casting shows that were based in New York. I had gone to Dallas for a little bit. Atlanta, I was sent to a couple of times. And I would be gone for like six, seven weeks at a time. So I was, there was a point, like, even though I was based in Los Angeles, the last year and a half I was there, I was doing a lot of traveling even within those same cities, but a lot of the time I, I just wasn't home. So it kind of got me thinking. I was like, I felt like I was living nomadically, of course, and it was great. I think I was at the, for me, I felt good being that, I think 24 years when I started and 25 years old, like traveling. It was really great to be able to see that and, and to experience new places, new people with the exception of New York, of course. Mm. Um, going back to my home turf was always nice to visit. Yeah. It's as, as work, but I, I got in my head a little bit because I had seen New York in a different way. Seeing, you know, some of my friends in school, they all had jobs and kind of doing the whole, like the New York city bump and grind. Los Angeles is such a special place. But when people ask me to compare LA and New York, it's like apples and oranges, right? LA, it's like, everyone's chasing a dream. In New York, everyone's chasing a dream too, but it's a different kind of hustle. I can't really iterate what that is. But having lived in both cities, I'm able to kind of look at them for what they are and be like, they're totally different, but they're both amazing in their own way. So that being said, I kind of started to have that seed planted like, oh my God, like I kind of miss New York a little bit and I've never worked in New York as an adult. So the same way I said, well, let me give LA a chance at 22, let me go back to my home city at now 25 to try and see what working there is like, because when you're young and, you know, and, and young is such a loose term. I don't just mean that point in life. Like you take the reins whenever, whether you're young to me, I feel like 60 is young, you know, age is a number. Right? Yeah.
1: I agree. Um, I feel like as you keep getting older, like the younger yeah. the numbers seem. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like, if you have that mindset to chase something, I, I use young loosely. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of had that seed. So I decided if I could do a cross country move without a job once, let me try one more time. There you
1: go. Love Even it. Though the,
0: first, the first time it worked out where within two weeks of getting there, it worked for me. I got the first role. But yeah, so I did the same thing. I shipped like all of my stuff back and I didn't drive back this time. I sold my car and I just got on a plane and just started over. And I ended up moving to Hoboken, this was October of 2017. I got back September of 2017, but didn't make the move to North Jersey until then. And I hit the ground running with the job hunt and Buzzfeed had happened to post like a contract position for a casting coordinator. And at the time I was like, okay, like, let me see how this goes. I'm like, but it's Buzzfeed. Like, I don't really know anyone there, but I had been applying to so many jobs that I just was like, let me start with this. And within three weeks after the application and granted I had been interviewing other places, they called me and the timing worked out. And by the end of 2017, I started working for them on a contract basis. And then they hired me full time at the top of 2018. So it was just really a whirlwind that, that I think I went like almost three months without a job before they hired me, maybe two and a half months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Was that a scary time for you? You know, you had come back home, but you had left a little community that you had there um, and then you were without a job. So, how were you feeling during that little two-three month period?
0: It was tumultuous. I, I think that's the right word because I would be lying if I said, "Oh, I was totally in the right headspace every day." I had a routine which helped keep my mental health intact. Which, for me, I, I live near a Starbucks, which I love anyway. So it was easy for me. I'm like, I'm a Starbucks addict. Hello, I'm Sabrina. I have a problem, no, just kidding, Um, but not really. Um, Yeah, so the fact that there was one right there, it kind of, I needed a sense of purpose. So rather than working at home to apply for all these jobs, I remember I'd pack up my little laptop and I would go get my coffee and just sit in Starbucks for half the day, just banging everything out, like trying to keep myself grounded. I also don't live too far from uh, the scenic overview of the skyline of New York. So I would just always walk over there. I would clear my head, but it was scary. I mean, anytime you make a big change like that, where you take yourself out of your comfort zone, where you do it, where it's not just life circumstances where it's like, no, like I made this choice. There's something really exhilarating yet really frightening about that, but that's normal. And I feel like if you do make a change like that, as horrible as it is to feel scared, if you don't feel scared, then is it a big enough change for you to see a result? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. From what you're doing. So yeah, I, I was going through a lot at that time. You know, some days I wouldn't even be able to go to Starbucks and apply. I would just sit in my room and cry and and. I'm a spiritual person. I'm a religious person personally. So I was doing a lot of praying, not just at that time, all the time, but especially during that time, you know, having those conversations and journaling and doing what I can. But yeah, it just always works out. I think that's another thing that I've learned along the way. And I have to remind myself, even now, in stressful situations, it's like, there's always a resolution, whether you see the forest
1: for the trees or you don't. And like you said, and like your actions have shown, you take the leap and the net will appear, you know, as the cliche goes. But it does. (laughs) It really does. And, you know, I feel like through all of your steps in your career, that's what you've done. And that's what's happened. And now, you know, you were at BuzzFeed, you were a producer there, and now you're the casting director. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to get your title wrong again. Casting director and talent development. Almost something like that.
0: Almost. So okay. yeah, Buzzfeed, BuzzFeed, I oversaw. Like I was I had started as a casting coordinator, but as time went on, I started to take on more director level responsibilities. Um, because I oversaw casting in the New York office. There was an LA team and there was a casting manager there. But at the time I was there, there was like we did work together every now and again, but I was more so overseeing the New York side of the casting operation um, just because of location. So it was great. I kind of got to put in a workflow, a process for how I thought casting should be done, even though it was digital. So that was also a learning curve for me. It's like, I wasn't at the time used to what that meant and being in corporate, but anyway. So yeah, casting coordinator, then eventually it grew to be you know, with director level responsibilities. Which led me to Hearst, where I'm the director of casting and talent development. And everybody on LinkedIn thinks I work in HR, which makes me laugh, but makes sense, you know? <laughs> if you see any HR positions, a lot of them are like learning development, talent development. So it makes sense, but it just makes me laugh because I always get pitches that try to sell me software, like for Hearst. I'm like, nah, sorry. It's like, this is not
1: me. This is not this me is at not all. not me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, all right. So you're not in HR, but what do you do in your day-to-day now?
0: Um, So my day-to-day, of course, just anything in casting can vary. I would say my overarching responsibilities under this role include, of course, sourcing talent as needed for the different teams. You know, I have a hand in casting talent for At least like 10 of the different uh, video teams at Hearst. The video teams I work with directly for the most part so far have been 17. I, You know, Cosmo I work with or am in the process of beginning to work with. Delish has a video team at Hearst. Men's and women's health, um, they each have their own. Clever, like Clever TV was acquired by Hearst. So all of the Clever brands in LA, like I help them with their casting from time to time. L. Who else? Harper's Bazaar. I'm. I feel like I'm sorry in advance um, <laughs> if I forget anything. No. It's. It's just like a lot to to keep track of at times. But yeah, I mean, it's it's great working for the video teams or working alongside the leads of those video teams to source the right talent for whatever projects they have in mind. Esquire as well as is one of our brands too. So yeah so i cast talent for whatever the needs are at said time whether they're you know editorial videos or something else oh and snapchat as well i do for um hearst has a brand called sweet and it's like one of the biggest snapchat platforms for content there so that's i help them but yeah so casting talent also developing internal talent. So what that means, basically there are, as you can imagine, like a Buzzfeed the same way where there have been producers who've also kind of began doubling as creators on the channels, identifying who those folks could potentially be for some of the brands that need that internal presence, like from like a constant person that represents the brand. So working with them as well. Um, I forgot good housekeeping. You see, now I'm starting to like just rattle them off. But working with those folks internally, like anywhere from uh, talent coaching, working with the leads to identify who those folks could be, that could be the faces, if you will, of said brands but yeah it's it's a lot of just juggling um different aspects of both of those overarching responsibilities and then of course all of the clerical work that comes with casting from outreach to sourcing talent to social media stalking if you will the way I've been finding people if I don't just post the call and and blast it out to my email listserv it's it's always it's always many hats oh
1: my gosh so many but it's huge I mean you are casting such big names like every platform you just said like that's something that everybody knows like you are killing it seriously
0: oh my gosh can I just like literally just this recording just you saying you are killing it like on days where I'm just like extra tired of like Kylie press play like yes I'll clip
1: it for you I'll send it over your way what do you you need like oh an mp3 got you. got you literally
0: some days you know you just wake up and you just feel a little bit tired in general everybody does but it's like oh I appreciate those words so much that's so sweet
1: yeah, totally. And like going off of that, what do you do on those days where you feel the pressure, or you feel tired, or you're burnt out, whatever, what do you do to keep yourself going?
0: So a little bit of a side note, because like I mentioned before, I um I am a spiritual person. So for me personally, I take a lot of refuge in meditation, um, mm-hmm. even just taking time like at night, as hard as it is, I think one of the biggest lessons I'm learning now that I'm in my late 20s, and I'm not so much like you know, when you're you're in your early 20s and, and you're kind of just getting your feet wet and you're just like, like you feel like this added sense of pressure to get so much done and you're like staying up all night and everything. Really trying to find a healthy work-life balance where yes, of course there are moments in everybody's career, no matter how high up on the totem pole you are, where you are going to have to bust your butt a little bit more in certain projects or work a little bit later. Like that's just, especially in casting, that's part of the territory. And, you know, you know what you sign up for as a casting professional Um, However, I also am a big believer in um, a work and home life balance and uh, to manage my stress, whoops, manage my stress. I, uh, you know, watch like movies that I have cued in my Netflix or TV shows I need to catch up on. I like to do yoga. Yoga is really cool. Um, I'm really into self care. I don't know if you've seen on my feed lately, I've started creating more content about self care just because, for me, it's kind of like a vehicle and a reminder to just always be grounded. Because I think it starts with you as a person. You can't show yeah. up to anything, whether professionally in your personal life, if you're not 100% good with yourself. And what I mean by good is refreshed, recharged. And, you know, some days aren't going to be the best, but you do what you can to get through it. So, anything that I can going for walks by the water. I'm very fortunate here in Hoboken to live with a beautiful view of the skyline, just, you know, within a few blocks that I can go to and and really enjoy. So anything like that, that I can do really helps to stay grounded and always remembering that no matter what crisis comes up at work, quote unquote crisis, Mm -hmm. um, it'll always get resolved one way or the other, just taking refuge in that, in
1: those moments of stress it really does. Nothing lasts forever. It passes and you move on to the next thing. And yes, taking care of yourself is the number one thing. You can't do anything if you aren't good within you. So I appreciate that answer as well. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, even though you're amazing and I could talk to you forever because you know Aww. there's just so much interesting stuff that you're doing. What do you think it takes to succeed in the entertainment industry?
0: Wow. I You know... I think I'm really I'm taking this question to heart because I want to make sure I hit the basis with this. I think there are so many different things people think that is where it's like, oh, I have to kill myself for this job or oh, like, you know, I I have to like just always be, you know, sliding in people's DMs, whatever. Yeah, there is an element of hustle to entertainment, but. More importantly, to succeed, you just, you have to keep going. But keep going doesn't mean literally killing yourself. It also means knowing when to recharge your battery and then knowing when to keep going. But the point is to never give up because what I've learned is that in this field, right? Everything that you do, like every job I've had, I've been thrown to the wolves. Like I literally, like ever since I left college, there's no playbook for this and that is okay. That's Mm -hmm. another element of the fake it till you make it narrative where, yeah, okay, you get hired. Chances are 100% of the people that get hired for any job, no matter how many years of experience they have, they have no idea what to expect when they start any new role, even if they've been doing it for like 100 years, let's say, even though that's just a number you don't know what to expect. So you might as well just give it your all and you will learn along the way. You will learn along the way. You don't have to know all the answers and just knowing that will help you kind of stay grounded, but you also just got to keep going. There are going to be days where you're going to wake up and you're going to literally just be like, oh my God, I have to do this again. Or the opposite where you come home and you just break down because, you know, maybe one day like something went wrong and you know, you got screamed at, or I don't know, you dropped the ball or or maybe you just feel totally spent because you've been working really long hours, but everything in life is temporary, no matter what. And I think that even if you stay at a job for 10 years, any of the trials and tribulations that you go through are temporary. So the really hard moments, they're going to pass how long it takes. Well, that's where having patience comes in. And that's another thing I would say is to have patience and grace with yourself. Um, give yourself a break. But then also when those good moments of praise and getting those pats on the back or just having a moment to take a breath in media because it can be very fast paced, not taking those moments for granted and really embracing it and really recognizing your worth and what you have to offer because as you go along in this journey, yes, in the beginning, you're gonna be trying to figure out who you are, what it is that you like to do um, and maybe even switching careers within media. You know what I mean? So I know people that started on camera that ended up in production or people, started cam opping that are now like anchoring on the news. Like you just never know what direction it's going to go in and don't put pressure on yourself to have it all figured out. Like you don't have to have all the answers figured out. You just have to kind of buckle up and get on the you know, get on the roller coaster, buckle your seatbelt and just hold on for dear life because on this roller coaster, at least you will get back to the bottom and it will all be okay. And that's just how it is.
1: God, you're just such a wonderful speaker. I, You said you needed like that little clip. I need like this whole podcast just replaying like throughout my day. It's beautiful.
0: <laughs> I was trying so hard to think about what I was going to say. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm babbling now. I'm like, stop no. me.
1: Because
0: just keep going.
1: Oh my God. So. No, that was beautiful and so true. And we're not supposed to have it all figured out. We aren't. We're in our 20s. Even you know, when you're 50, you're, you don't know everything. That's just how life is. And we just have to, like you said, buckle up and just enjoy the ride. So if you're looking at your journey, you've come so far in the past seven years or so. What do you envision for your future?
0: Ooh, I feel like uh, it, it brings me back to job interviews where it's just like, where do you see yourself in five years or- i know i
1: hate that question so i rephrased no, no, it a little no. bit
0: yeah <laughs> i know i love i love this though so okay bear with me because it is now like 818 on the east coast right now and I, my brain is probably half mush but i'm gonna go with this metaphor anyway so the way i view life in general right is a big giant canvas on an easel okay And I'm like a dot on this canvas somewhere and everything that's below the dot has been painted. That's my past. For at a first glance, you see like all these colors and these shapes and what have you, those are all representative of every journey and up and down that I've been through. Now what's above the dot that I'm supposed to be on this, this (laughs) canvas is sounds so crazy. Just bear with me. No, keep going. Uh, I love it. (laughs) It's a, it's all blank because Mm. to me, I, I don't know about you, Kylie. I don't know a single person who literally, and I'm type A, right? Who tried, or at least who has mapped out their life to a T when they're going to get married, when they're going to have a job, whatever. And for it to go exactly as planned, exactly the way that they had planned it. No, never that's does. Why I always, I always use the canvas as an example, because I, that's how I view my future as a blank canvas. But I think it's so beautiful because in life and my career is a prime example of that. I never in a million years thought I was gonna end up in casting. And now from being 22, just a deer in the headlights, like out of college, getting thrown head first to being 29, seven years later at a director level title in corporate America, casting for digital brands, major brands, like you just, I never expected that. So that's why I always say, while you should have hope and you should always have goals, no matter what, because you have to keep pushing yourself and work towards something. Not everything is gonna go as planned, you know, and there's some things that you might think you want that might get taken out of your life, but on the flip side, they'll get replaced with other opportunities, other people, other situations that you'll see later on were for your best interest and were even better than what you imagined for yourself. That's the thing. Everyone is guilty of selling themselves so short. And that's why I think the future is always such a beautiful thing, because even if you change your mind, it's like you're allowed to change your mind, you're allowed to explore different careers, different cities, different people, you're, you're allowed to do all those things. If that's what it is that you want, or you just are trying to figure it out. There's grace in the future for you to kind of steer your ship, your own ship, if you will, you know, and your past helps make you and and teaches you lessons. But I think for me, the future, while I do have my goals and I have things that I write, I'm also very big on that. I'm big on affirmations. I'm big on goals and, you know, achieving them. And I have achieved some of them, like, what we talked about, like used to be some of the goals I had on paper. And now I have a whole new set, which I encourage again, everybody to do, you know, getting to where I'm at, like, I never would have imagined the journey I I would have taken to, to be at this point. So I always say to look at the future with hope, with goals in mind, but not to have such thought out expectations because chances are life is going to throw
1: you some curve balls. And it's really a matter of how you respond to that it is, but it's exciting. You know, you can look at it and be a little scared, but there's so many opportunities out there and such beauty in every day. And, you know, we get to just live it and enjoy it. So I love how you look at life that way. And then one final question for you. Um, it's just something that I like to ask everybody. What do you value at the end of each day?
0: Wow. I love this question too. So many good questions. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> of course i value during the work week i'll say this during the work week i value another day where i know that i've i've put in a good amount of work i'm i've always prided one thing i pride myself on despite being a modest person by nature is the fact that i do work hard i'm aware of that and i'm proud of that because i think you know every day that you you work at your job you're making progress so for me just any progress i've made any accomplishments big or small, i mentioned I was big into journaling. At the end of each day, I try to keep up with this. You know, I'd be lying if I said I did it every day. But mm-hmm. most days, I like to write three things I accomplished, no matter how big or how small. So just even recognizing small moments, like, okay, you know, last week, for example, was super busy for me. I barely had time to, like, eat lunch, right? I should eat lunch. And I did. But it was later in the day that I thought, <laughs> This week, I managed to go out for a little walk for like 20 minutes and get some fresh air before the rain started, of course. So that worked out. But um, yeah, like literally just little things like that, no matter whether there have been times at work where I got like praise on a project I did, which is always appreciated, but it's my job. So I'm happy to, to do it. But then the little moments like that, where I have time to go for walks and just be in the moment with myself and, and just my peace of mind as a result of that, being able to reflect back and have peace of mind, despite whatever challenges I face day to day, I'm thankful for that.
1: As you should be, as we all should be. And that's really what we should be valuing. You know, this is we only have the day ahead of us, really. So we have to just appreciate it and live in it. So Sabrina, I can't thank you enough. This has been so inspirational, so beautiful and so informative too. I can't thank you enough for your time. Where can people find you online if they want to get in touch with you?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This has been such a pleasure. And honestly, I didn't even realize how much time had passed already. I was having such a good time.
1: I know. I know. It flies by. I love it.
0: (laughs) So quickly. So yeah, so as far as finding me, I am in the middle of revamping a portfolio. So more to come on that. But I am very active on Instagram at Sabs and the city. I enunciate and because people think in the city. So I'm like Sabs and the city um, is my Instagram handle. Feel free to follow me. I post casting calls on there. I also like to post about self-care because that's like my passion hustle is self-care and inspo. But yeah, more on uh, my portfolio with other places to find casting calls through that will be
1: coming soon too. Yay. Oh, I can't wait to take a look when it comes out. I mean, you took a good amount of your time, so I appreciate it. And
0: it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course, of course. Um, Yes, enjoy the rest of your night and um, we will talk soon, definitely. Absolutely, thanks again. Of course, thank you. Bye, Bye, Sabrina.